Hey, welcome to Mondo and Friends. My name is Mondo Fresco, and I'm here with one of my biggest inspirations, uh, why I began my career. Uh, a friend of mine, I am beyond excited to have her here, Liz Hernandez. How are you? First, I'm good. Thank you for that really kind compliment. Liz, I, I, I mean it. I mean it. And, and um, I remember... Um, I'm going to go back here. When I, when I was in, in college, um, I remember I was driving to, to like a class at like 6 a.m. And, and listening to you um, on the radio. And I was thinking, man, Liz and, and the gang, like, you know, the neighborhood, they have the coolest job ever. <laughs> um, and at the time, I think it was like my first semester um, in college. And... I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I had thoughts of, of going into medicine, um, take, taking my general you know, ed at the time, um, and then something mid-semester, um, me like driving, making those drives in the morning, listening to you. Um, I, I, I talk about this in, in, a, in a previous episode with, with Taboo, the Black Eyed Peas, um, there was a college radio st uh, station that was playing uh, Where is Love by the Black Eyed Peas that caught my ear. And I just kind of gravitated. It was like a fly to food, right? I was just like, oh, what is this? And I just like gave myself a little tour of the radio station. After that, I took that, that course and I fell in love. Um, a big inspo, though, was, your, was, was you. Wow. And, <laughs> and, and uh, it's, it's crazy how these things just connect. And um, this is a full circle moment for, for me. And I'm, I'm very happy to have you here. So let's. I'm grateful to be here. You know, it's like give yourself credit. When I think of people that are truly hustlers, you're at the top of that list. Like since I've met you, all you do is hustle. And Thank you've you. definitely earned everything that has come to you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Liz. And, and, and you as well. Um, I want to I want to take it back. We're going to take it back and then we're going to go over from from back then to where you first, <laughs> first initially had the idea to get into broadcasting and media and uh, where you are now. Okay. Um, when was that first moment when you thought, hey, I want to be on the radio, I want to do TV, I want to be in media? Uh, it was really step by step. I mean, I think back to when I was in seventh or eighth grade. And I was what we call in radio a P1, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so P1 is like you have programmed your favorite radio station to your first dial. Like yep. the first dial is your favorite radio station. And growing up, uh, I just was infatuated with going to my room, listening to countdowns, listening to the interviews. I would try to call and win. My actual first time on the radio on, was on Power 106. Wow. And I was in seventh grade, and I believe it was Jay Thomas was still on the air. Wow, yeah, And I yeah. called Imagine. to win American Music Awards. And he's like, you're caller, whatever number it was, caller 10. And he said, how old are you? And I, you know, I was so young. And he's like, oh, sweetheart, you have to be 18. But what was crazy is when he answered the phone, I said, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And you got to think, I have like a little 
chiquitita voice, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so they took that piece of audio and they looped it and they would play it when something exciting happened. <laughs> so there's this weird energy that I've always felt that I was, and I'll tell you why as the story goes along, that I was in a sense destined to be in radio. I don't yeah. know if it was the energy I was putting towards it and I was attracting it back. But then I got into high school and uh, they were doing, again, a radio contest. Yeah. They were giving out um, Santana tickets and you had to come sing one of the songs. And I think I was saying like, Oye Como Va or something. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> but me and my friend ended up winning the tickets. We drove down and this was 99.1 in Riverside. We drove mm -hmm. down to the radio station to pick up our tickets. And they're like, hey, will you come do some listener liners? And listener liners are like, hey, I'm Elizabeth from Riverside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I listen to. <laughs> I listen to 99.1. So they recorded me and I started playing in my hometown. Mm -hmm. But you go back to when I was in seventh grade, Hollywood Hamilton was on Kiss FM. So those were like my three main state, four main stations was like K-Rock, Kiss FM, yeah. 99.1, Power 106. And I would take Hollywood Hamilton's interviews and I would dub over his voice. Wow. I would like stick a microphone in. Never thinking that I was one day going to be in radio. Yeah. I was just obsessed with radio. And um, I think he was interviewing like the new kids on the block or something. And I erased his voice, put my voice in, did the interview and then handed out like my air checks at school just to make my friends laugh. Wow. Never thinking that, oh, yeah, one day I'm going to grow up and work in radio in L.A. No. So went to college. Uh, in college, I thought I was going to be a child psychologist and I took a communication class as my minor. Obviously you have to be able to communicate with, uh, you know, the children. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I started doing internships. I got an internship in, um, hard news and I didn't like it. I was mm. like, nope, not for me. I don't want to. Why not? It was so serious. And to see the reporters sitting at their desk, I mean, they were literally typing up the news yeah. as it was coming in. And it was so heavy. It was a lot of houses getting broken into, people dying, something that was traffic. Just It felt just almost like a kryptonite for my personality. Mm. And so I just thought, nope, this isn't it. And so my professor said, well, you need an internship to graduate. And I got into the car and it was... I mean, it's going to sound like I'm making this up, but this radio commercial came on and it was like, do you need an internship to graduate? Call now. <laughs> so, Is your name Liz? <laughs> yeah. It was, I felt like I was in a Jim Carrey movie or something. And so I took down the number. I called. I, I went for the audition and they hired me and they said, okay, we're going to put you on the street team. And yeah. being on the street team, as you know, you go to concerts and you put up the posters and I was giving out free gas and putting bumper stickers on cars. Yep. And... Uh, the morning show producer came up to me and said, do you, uh, you're really talkative and bubbly. Do you want to answer our phones? Yeah. I said, sure. Answered their phones. Then the morning show host was a guy I grew up listening to on Kiss FM. Wow. So I was geeked. I was like, oh my God. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the guy I grew up listening to is like right here in the yeah. room and I'm printing his, you know, like news and I'm yeah. getting his coffee. This is so cool. And so he would always like call me in the room and he would be like, what are college kids listening to right now? Or what are they watching on television? Or what do you guys do for fun? And I always had an answer. And he liked that I always had an answer. And so... As our relationship grew, as my relationship grew with the morning show, I got the bug and yeah. I was like, this is super cool. And they gave me, I went from being uh, an intern 
So then they asked me if I wanted to be a part of the morning show as a paid intern. Wow. And that's when I called my parents and I was like, listen, we need to talk. <laughs> I was just like, I know I said I wanted to go on to be a child psychologist, but I'm falling in love with radio and I want to see if it's okay if I can stay an extra year in college and double major in communications. Because I knew if I stayed another year longer, I could really fill out the radio job yeah, and yeah. really see if it was what I wanted. And thank God I had, I have such loving parents that uh, completely supported me. You know, I remember my dad saying like, Mija, this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life. So make sure it's something that you love. Yeah. And I remember then having the conversation of feeling like I was letting my mom down because, you know, to be a child psychologist was such a, it's a big deal. You yeah. know, I felt very proud of that career choice. And my mom, I'll never forget, she said, you're going to help people in another way. You're going to make them forget their problems on their way to work, on their way to school. They're going to laugh in the car. And I just took that and ran with it. And I was like, okay, my parents signed off. I'm good to go. I'm going to put in my application for a double major and yeah. stay an extra year. And that radio job turned into, we're going to give you your own 60-second entertainment <laughs> segment. Yeah. It was pre-recorded, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, oh, my God, like... It was such a huge deal. You know, I was 18, 19 years old and, and I remember, I think I was 19 and I remember my mom, uh, maybe I was even 20. I, can't, I mean, God, it's been such a long time and I age myself here, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember my mom used to have to drive from Riverside to Escondido to pick up the signal so she could hear my 60 second news piece. Wow. That's and beautiful. that's a mother's love, you know? Yeah. So fast forward, one day the news girl gets sick. Uh, you would think this would be exciting. It was my worst nightmare because now they were like, Liz, we're going to put you on <laughs> the air. Mind you, I had never been on the air for more than maybe a minute. Yeah. And that yeah. was like saying something off the cuff. Like if I ask you, like, what'd you have for breakfast? Well, yeah. that's easy. Right. Now it's like, you're going to sit down, you're going to banter and you're going to read the news. I was so scared and so nervous and I got through it, but it was a car wreck, but I got through it. And, uh, my, luckily my boss saw something, my PD saw something in me. And she said, we're going to send you out to Salinas to get the green out of you. And then we'll bring you back to San Diego. This is like once I graduate, you know, so I'm going to try to like speed up the story. So I go to Salinas I'm there. And it's like Salinas is, if anyone doesn't know, this is like where we get our agriculture, like all of our lettuce, tomatoes, onions, you name it, yeah. garlic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's nobody out there. <laughs> at least when I was there, there was nobody out there. And, you know, it's just like the farm workers, you know, yeah. it was like, literally, that's, it just felt in comparison. I had been in the city. I was in San Diego where it was like such a beach town. Mm -hmm. There's nothing but college students. And then you have just, it was, it was a culture shock for me. How long, how long were you there for? Luckily, I was only there five months. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, shout out to Salinas. Like, yeah, shout the out people to Salinas there for sure. Were that's one thing I will say. The people there, because there wasn't much going on, if you said, hey, we're going to be at the 7-Eleven handing out free CDs, the whole city showed yeah, up. Yeah. And that's what was beautiful That's about love. It. But, uh, yeah, so I was co-hosting a morning show. And uh, I got this huge opportunity. And I remember... The guy I was doing morning with in San Diego, the one who originally gave me my first opportunity and put me on, he said, hey, there's this producer in L.A. He used to be my old producer. He's looking for a female to co-host with Big Boy, Big Boy's Neighborhood. Yeah. And I was like, 
oh my God, I could go home. Like, that's all I was thinking. I, I was, I loved radio and I just, I wasn't having to be just really transparent. I wasn't having a great time there. Like me and the host were, he's a lovely person, but we were just so, you know how it is. It's chemistry. It's like yeah. dating someone. Yeah. You either got it or you don't. Right. And it's not, it's not that we didn't have it. It was just that what we had was like, a bad marriage. Yeah, it was like yeah, yeah. bickering on the air. Yeah, and yeah. Just, I've, I've been in that. I've oh, been in that. we were just <laughs> at each other's throats. And I was just like, get me out of here. <laughs> so I remember I secretly went and auditioned for Big Boy's Neighborhood. And yeah. that was like in November. And then I just had to wait. And then I all of a sudden I heard like, they hired Joe Grande from like up north. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm up north. He's up north. I only going to hire one person from up north. Yeah. <laughs> but then they called me back and uh, I got the second audition and never went home. Wow. Wow. How long were you part of, of the, the morning show? Ten and a half years. Wow. That's, that's, yeah. that's amazing. I know that was a really long answer, but that was like the, just the craziness of you never, you just never know. Like I never knew that radio was going to be my career. Right. I yeah. knew I loved it, but I never knew that that's where I would land. No, yeah, you know, same, same here, Liz. I, you know, I thought, you know what I, what I said earlier just driving listening to to the radio and just thinking man that's such a cool job you know? i think we you, i i can't help but think everyone thinks that growing up like when i used to listen to the rick d's and the lnk's and, and the kevin and beans i used to listen and they sounded like they were having so much fun yeah like they made you want to be on radio yeah regardless of that's the career you went into and i i do feel that's why podcasts are so huge because everyone it's like who doesn't want to like be a singer or a dancer or be on stage <laughs> like every i mean except for the people that are super introverted but there's <laughs> there's a little bit of that in everybody right and so i think there's a little bit of us that all grew up listening to a radio personality or a yeah. radio station that really influenced us because then you mix in music too and everyone's having a good time laughing. Yeah. 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 It's as I'm listening to your story, I'm, I'm thinking about how there are some similarities. So I never thought radio, I mean, you know, my, my, my family's very traditional Mexican small town in, in, in Mexico. They're from Colima, uh, Tecoman, Colima, Mexico. And, you know, didn't know anyone in the industry, you know, uh, I was, I had, so my, my sister was born when I was seven, eight, eighth grade. Um, and I had told my, um, my mom that I wanted to do pediatrics. Um, for some reason, my sister was, was sick in her early years. And I was like, you know what? I want to help kids. I want to go into it, becoming a pediatrician. So, oh, mi hijo va a ser doctor, right? Like, <laughs> They're super geeked. And, um, you know, so I, I had a similar combo where I was like, you know, I, I don't want to do that. My heart's not in that. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to, I want to do radio. Yeah. And, you know, I felt like my mom was always supportive no matter what I would do. Um, my dad, different story. Um, my dad just, you know, he, he didn't, um, he didn't really. Get it. Get it. Yeah. I always say it's not that they don't, parents it's not that they don't believe in you. It's that they just don't understand. And they just want you to take what they think is going to be the safest, yeah. securest route. Yeah. That's yeah. really what it is. So, a, yeah. so yeah. So I, I did that. And even like now looking back, I was six years old. I was recording myself on my mom's boombox over like her cassette tapes. I would, you know, 
and cassette tapes. As you said, I'm dating myself here. <laughs> um, I, you know, you put a little bit of uh, like a little tissue paper inside of the cassette tape to record, to dub over like actual cassette tapes that weren't record, like. Uh, oh, that was your trick? I didn't see. I didn't have that trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't, I wasn't buying cassette tapes to record. Sure. I would get the tapes that my mom already had and I would do like a little tissue oh, paper. Oh, I bet she was so mad. Oh, she was she so, she was so mad. <laughs> she, it's like, dun, 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 dun. Yeah. It's Mondo. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened to my bookies cassette? You know, why isn't this Bronco? I'm listening oh to you God. now. I would dub over it and I would, I remember saying, Liz, vividly saying Power 106 as six, seven years old. Wow. Um, recording myself. And again, never thought. And then I, w- I started working, you know, in my teenage years, I was working for like Anchor Blue and Express. And, you know, after we would close, I would hop on the, the, the phone or whatever and uh, on the speakerphone and uh, again, say like Power 106, blah, blah, blah. And I just pretend to be on the radio and everyone would hype me up like, yeah, yeah, yeah. At this time, I was also like into DJing and stuff. So, um, but I never, never, ever, ever thought that that would happen. Yeah. Um, so it's, I guess it's, it's destiny, you know, yeah. and when it's in you, it's, it's, it's in it's, you. It's yeah. In it's you. that energy that you're just attracted to it and it's attracted to you, you know? When we say Verizon te da más, we mean it. La red más premiada ahora incluye Disney Plus, Hulu e ESPN Plus. Todos pueden tener lo que quieren sin pagar de más. Y todo desde 35 dólares por línea. The network more people rely on te da más. Cámbiate a Verizon. So you move from from radio to, to television. Um, how was that transition for you? Again, it just goes back to here I was now on Big Boy's Neighborhood in L.A. My mom didn't have to drive 30 minutes away to hear me. Yeah. She could stand in the kitchen and hear me. All my friends from high school could hear me. I made it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm here. This is amazing. Uh, you know, and so I remember I got a call one day to, to the office and it was from ABC Family. And this girl was like, hello, I'm Brooke Bowman's assistant. And she would like, a ta- she would like to take a meeting with you from ABC Family. And I was like, oh, like, what's this? You know, like, yeah. my in- I was intrigued. <laughs> so I took the meeting. Um, and I'll never forget. I walked in, I sat in her office and I mean, I'm just like little Liz, you know, just so naive from the IE, like so excited that I made it onto LA radio. And one of the first questions she asked me was who represents you? I said, my mom and dad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime I've had to sign legal forms or get a co-signer on an apartment, it's my mom and dad. Yep. Yep. She's like, um, no, do you have like legal talent like representation, yeah, yeah. a manager, an agent? I had no idea. Like I was so green. And she said, well, I'd like to introduce you to some, introduce you to a friend of mine over at William Morris. Um, her name was Krista and I met with Krista. It's so crazy because they kind of audition you when, once you take a meeting at, uh, WME. Mm-hmm. And I could have swore my audition was with David Arquette. Like they took us out for the day, like just to see how we are, like how our personalities are and if they want to sign you. Yeah. My memory serves me. Uh, (laughs) But long story short, she said, what's your dream job? And I said, I'm, I'm living it. And she says, well, if you could do anything else, what would it be? And TRL was still alive. And I said, I would love to be, because I loved music. I said, I would love to be on MTV TRL. And she said, okay, 
took some notes. They gave me a call a few weeks later and they said, there's an opening. We want you to audition for MTV's TRL. Wow. I auditioned. I landed the audition and they said, okay, are you ready to move to New York? And I was like, excuse me? (laughs) Excuse me? I said, I can't move to New York. I was just starting to make a name for myself in LA. I think I had been on the radio now maybe two, three years. And uh, she said, okay, well then all bets are off. And I remember I hung up the phone and I cried, I think, for like three days straight. Wow. Because I felt like, am I screwing up a major opportunity to, one, move to New York and try something new? But I think just being in Salinas made me realize how much I miss. I'm so close with my family and so close to my friends. My friends are my family that I just didn't want to go through that again and Mm -hmm. be alone and be by myself. And I was loving radio. I had built this rapport with the neighborhood. They were becoming my family as well. And so uh, I just felt like, what did I do? What did I do? And then they called me back two weeks later and they said, okay, we've decided that we're going to create a position for you. You will be our first uh, bi-coastal talent and you will do MTV and direct effects and we're going to, they were starting another um, MTV Tres at the time. Yep. But you're going to need to travel to both. So I remember I had to have the conversation with Big Boy and with Jimmy Steele at the time. Yeah, yeah. And everyone signed off on it. So that was my first dose of television. And I remember they put me live on TRL and I was shaking. Like my knees had to just be like knocking because it was like, Every time T- TRL was like always a big deal. It was like, okay, yeah. today we have on Jessica Simpson. And it right. was like, oh my God, yeah, you yeah. know? So yeah. it was, I mean, they really just threw me in there. But I was really lucky because the job I had before, and the reason why I feel like I scored the MTV um, job was because I was getting experience at like other little shows that I had like been doing. Um, Make Me a Millionaire was one of them. Yep. Uh, we would go in and record like, five shows back to back. We'd start like at five in the morning and not leave till like 8 p.m. at night. And that really got me comfortable in front of the teleprompter. But that was like the real big payoff was MTV. And then came after MTV. I, I stopped working with MTV, I think in 2009 or 10. And then right after E! News called. And wow. that's when I, I knew it was time for me to leave radio. Yeah. Yeah. So, at, so okay. So at that point, what what was the, the 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 thought process the feeling uh, I call it for me I called it a, a graduation moment mm-hmm. right um, some people you know stay longer in school and and some people have you know shorter so it depends it, it all depends what you want to do with with your life and your career sure. right so that's how I saw radio for me was at, it was a time for for graduation and I always say I don't I I respect radio so much that I almost never say I left radio. I would say like, I, I graduated from radio, you know? And, and at that point, what was it for you that made you say, you know, I am graduating from radio? Uh, there was so many things, you know, it started to feel a little robotic to me. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a marriage. Like yeah. radio will always be my first love. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was like mom and dad were starting to like not get along anymore. It was starting, it was starting to we t- take each other for granted. Mm-hmm. But I loved the kids and the kids were the listeners. Yeah. Like the kids are my heart and soul and I want to make them happy. And I want to make my decisions based on are they going to be happy? And so many times I forgot to ask myself, am I going to be happy? Like 
Can I bring them on this journey with me? And I just remember it got to the point where it's like, I don't know if this marriage is fixable. And I think I've outgrown this marriage. Yeah. And, and, not, and not anything bad. Yeah, it's, yeah, like yeah. It's, it's just a growing it's pain. It's life. And I, I, you know, even that day, it felt like a divorce because me and Big were the only ones who knew that I was going to leave yeah. before anybody else knew. And we really had to like talk about it. And we were on the phone probably like five hours sobbing. Because wow. it was 10 and a half years. He's my work husband. I'm his work wife. Like he's the first person I see every single morning. We yeah. have such a beautiful bond and friendship. My family was like my real family. Like him and my dad were homies, you know, and I'm so close with his wife. Like we did, we went on vacations together. It wasn't just radio. And so to tear that apart um, just felt so wrong. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it also felt right. Yeah. It was time. So... Yeah, it was, I look back on it now and I, I will always chair, I will always call it my first love. Yeah, I, re I remember um, I, I had the, the overnight um, gig there when, when you were there. And uh, sometimes I think it, I was the first person that you would see. <laughs> you, would, you would walk you in. You were. I was through the window like, hey. You yes. were actually, yeah. Um, and, and then I also remember... Um, when you when you recorded your last show Ugh. It, it was just you and big right it was me big and fuzz and fuzz and uh i just remember seeing you walk out and you were like in full tears your eyes were swollen and i was like whoa like and obviously i remember listening to it just talking about it chokes like how do you say goodbye to la after 10 and a half years oh it's such a heartbreaking thing it's like again it's like telling your children like me and dad are going to get a divorce. <laughs> it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was, it was special. And you know what? A lot of people don't get that opportunity Yeah. to say goodbye or to say, see you later. I feel tremendous gratitude to power, to Jimmy, to big, uh, because they gave me, they didn't steal that from me. That would have felt horrible to give, 10 and a half years of my life and to have built this relationship with all the listeners and not give a proper goodbye. Yeah. That would have been a shame. And I was so grateful that they allowed me. Cause a lot of times all of a sudden you turn on the radio and you don't hear a personality anymore. You're like, what happened to that? Yeah. yeah. Whatever happened to this yeah. person? And yeah. you know, luckily now we have social media and, and as soon as you you think of someone, you could just go like, Oh, we're, Oh no. You know, they're, they're, they're killing it. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, like I, I, I just remember that. And then I remember, you know, obviously then you, you're doing television and, you know, Liz, every time I, I, I watched you, um, every move that you have made in, in, in your career and your life, um, you know, you and I, especially then it was just, it was, you know, it was like hi and bye. And we would see each other through the hallway. We, you know, I, I would be leaving, you would be coming in. Well, it wasn't um, just high and by. One thing I really respected about you, Mondo, is that if I needed someone to have my back at the station, you had my back. I'll, I'll never forget. I remember one time I couldn't cover an award show. And it might have been because I was working for MTV yeah. or, or another. And you're just like, I got it. And I remember you came and you picked up the recorder from me and yeah. you went and handled it. And I just felt like, man, if anything falls through the cracks, I know who to call. And that was you. Wow. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. And. It, it, it was it was the love and, and the respect that that I that I've had for you, Liz. And um, every move that that you've done, I I've watched like 
like a like a proud primo, you know, like, <laughs> oh, that's that's Liz, you know, that's Liz at, at you know at, at the MTV Awards, that's Liz uh, on E, that's that's Liz on Access Hollywood, that's Liz on everything, right? And and that was really just looking, watching, observing. And applauding every move that that you that you would do, and there, there's not a lot of people like yourself, Liz, and um, which is why today is so special for me. Thank and you. Uh, you know, if if anything, this 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 podcast has um, you know it's called Mondo and Friends. There's, there's people who who I've known throughout the years, and um, when we have these conversations, uh, it's very special. You know, and I don't I don't take them for granted. Um, you know, so you, radio, television. And then things we change are, are in the sense of we, we graduate, you know, throughout life um, and, and have different, um, vi- different vision and passions yeah. um, that we want to. Different wanna, dreams. Different dreams. You continue that we, to grow and evolve. So when you decided to, to leave uh, television um, or pause or for the time being or whatever, um, what, what was the, the, your mindset then? And, and what is it that, that you, did you have something planned? What, what is it that you wanted to do more of? Well, when I first started Access Hollywood, I mean, it was a huge deal. It was like, whoa, okay, now I made it. Now I'm in the big leagues, mm-hmm. primetime television. This is major. My dad can sit in his living room and see me. Cause it's always about, for me, was making my parents proud. Yeah. And I think I was there two months and my mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Mm. And I remember walking up to my boss at the time and I told her, I'm going to have to quit. I said, I'm going to have to care for my mom and I think I need to quit. And she just shook her head at me and she says, listen, I'm a mom and I don't think that's what your mom would want. And so I remember having the conversation with my dad and my dad, you know, I think he started cussing in Spanish, (laughs) but he was like, you're crazy. Like you didn't sacrifice. You didn't go through all that schooling, all those internships, all those years on radio, all those mornings I saw you wake up at three, four in the morning. Or, you know, I told him, I didn't see me, but you know, I told him about it or he knew about it because I'm on air, but uh, he's like, you just didn't put your, we didn't, me and your mom didn't sacrifice everything we sacrificed just so you could quit all of this. He says, it's not what your mom would want. And so I'm just decided like, okay, because my parents were going to sell their house and my mom eventually was going to need full care. So I moved her to LA and I said, I'm going to take care of, I'm going to try to balance this and see how it works. And it was super stressful in the beginning because again, I was just to be really honest, I was so scared, but you're working on adrenaline. You're like, okay, I need to figure out what's going on with my mom. I'm also super excited about this opportunity. Let me just, and my, and my, my boss, my work is telling me we're here to support you, which was huge. Um, so I was like, let me just make it all work. But as my mom started to deteriorate and she started to lose her language, uh, I just thought, God, the power of communication is so major, yeah. right? Think about the beautiful relationships we've made with the people that listen simply off of our words, off of storytelling, off of music. And it just made me start to do a lot of internal uh, questioning of what is my message out into the world? If these, if these are my mom's last words, you know, my mom was holding on, she lost like 95% of her speech 
I think the first two years in. Wow. And she was holding on to, I love you and thank you, which is like two of the most powerful things you can say. And so I needed an outlet and that outlet became wordiful. It became, let me take one word and talk about the power of that word. And what I started to notice over time was what I thought was a passion project was becoming my confessional, my diary, uh, my connection to the community as well, because that's what I missed the most. Like, yes, it's beautiful to stand on stage at a major network, but it's your storytelling one way. Yeah. I'm looking into a camera and I can't hear nobody. I can't see nobody. It's like an abyss, you know, you're yeah. just like, hello, yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. is anybody out there? <laughs> yeah, no, I remember, you know, when, when we're recording a commercial or we're recording like a, a, a radio show or something like that. You find yourself literally just by yourself talking. So I would be like, hey, guys, so, you know, today we're going to be. And I'm just like, I would take pauses sometimes and just think I'm literally just talking to myself right now. Yeah, it was just like, there's, I mean, there's the, obviously there's the production crew that's behind the glass, but they're behind the glass. You know, it's like when we used to storytell in radio, the phones would light up and people would be like, oh, my God, girl, I, that happened to me, too. Or you need to break up with him or whatever yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah. And I just missed that. I missed that. I missed that storytelling that like what was going on in my life, what I was struggling with, what I was dealing with, what was making me happy, what was making me sad. And so, like I said, Wordiful was born. And then I just noticed over time, and as my mom became more ill, I was I was just out of alignment. And I was wanting to spend more time creating Wordiful because it was giving me an outlet. And I wanted to spend time with my mom. And it just felt so superficial to be getting and again I'm so grateful for the opportunity but at the time it felt so superficial to be getting dolled up and going to an award show when my mom is I'm losing her and so I just remember one day I was on stage and I was like I can't do this anymore yeah yeah and so I just thought I'm gonna go to Waterfall full-time and I'm gonna be with my mom yeah because Waterfall is like so fa- you know you do it so quickly yeah and, and at your own time and like, my own when time you, yeah, yeah. schedule and uh, yeah just it, it's what made the most sense to me and it didn't even it never felt like what am I doing oh my god it was like no life is short man and you have an you have an obligation in, this is my conversation with myself. You have an obligation like to your community, to the people who they're really listening and looking at you yeah. to say something meaningful. Yeah. Because right now talking about this person's divorce or what this person wore to an award show, to me, was not meaningful. <laughs> I mean, I'm grateful that I was able to stand on a stage where I could show other young black and brown women that they belonged on this stage as well. I was so proud of that. But that served its purpose and I was done. I was there five years. Yeah. Like, you know, now you belong here. Right. And so now let me go be an entrepreneur to know that you can do this too. Yes. And, and that's, and that's what you've done your entire career, Liz, is I always say representation matters it, it's major. so much. And, and, and that was, and that has been you the entire time, you know, just I'm, again, I, you made, black and brown kids, teenagers look at that screen, listen to the radio and, th- and, and think, man, I could do this. That's what you did for me. That's why I'm here in front of you. 
When we say Verizon te da más, we mean it. La red más premiada ahora incluye Disney Plus, Hulu e ESPN Plus. Todos pueden tener lo que quieren sin pagar de más. Y todo desde 35 dólares por línea. The network more people rely on te da más. Cámbiate a Verizon. I, uh, I want to talk about the entrepreneurship side of things now. Um, when it comes to being your own boss, you enter a whole different ball game. How, <laughs> how, how, in many, 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 many ways, I could, I could be here for five hours and do a podcast just talking about that. Um, what, how was that transition for you? What has been the most challenging thing and advice? You know, the biggest thing is not to regret anything, right? Because I look back and it was like, everything was schooling. Like you said, graduation. Radio was preparing me for Wordiful. It was creating the audience because Wordiful doesn't survive without its audience. Right. You know, it could just be me talking to a camera in a, in a, in a small room and my mom or dad is the only one who watches it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was getting comfortable in front of a microphone. It was getting comfortable sharing my story. It was understanding the power that my voice had, not for anybody else, but for myself, of speaking my truth, of talking about what was important. So for 10 and a half years, it was fine tuning that, it was mastering that. And then you switch over to television and it's like, okay, now I have to get comfortable in front of the camera. And also speaking to, you know, I was interviewing all A-listers. Right. And so there's this important element that you have to learn of not bowing down to somebody else's power because then you lose all of yours. Mm. And so it was walking into rooms knowing that I belonged to be there as much as they had worked to be there too, because they didn't know my story. They didn't know all the years of radio I had put in, all the college I had put in to be sitting here doing this interview the same way I didn't know all of their history of what they went to acting school and whatever they had to do to be in their position. We're both professionals. We yeah. both deserve to be in this room. And so that that was a skill set that I was taught, it was a mindset that I was taught or that I had to teach myself. And, uh, and then just learning what's valuable, you know, learning, you learn from everyone around you, how you want to be treated, how you don't want to be treated, what's important, what's not important. And I took all of that and I carry it now being my own boss. And I think the biggest thing was I know, like, I know who I am. I know I'm a hustler. I know when I work for someone, I'm going to give you my all. And it would bum me out sometimes that I was, again, I regret nothing, but it was like to see myself work as hard as I did, but it's for somebody else. Yeah. Like yeah. they are really reaping the benefits of the money coming in, of right. what's all the perks. Like you're, they're, they're just throwing you like, Hopefully she likes this Crumbs and this keeps sometimes. her happy and yeah, this keeps her yeah. here. Like, right? I mean, in comparison to what they're making. Yeah. When I look back and I think about like contracts and things like that, like I'm embarrassed that I didn't, I mean, I didn't know because if I knew better, I would have done better. I'm not embarrassed for myself as much as I'm embarrassed for how we were treated. Mm. Why do you think that we are treated that way? Because we'll settle for that because we're so happy to be there. And there's a mentality created about you're so lucky to be here. Mm. Yeah. And again, that's knowing your worth and knowing your Man. value. And, you know, and again, they, they yes, they, maybe they can easily replace you, but they cannot replace your work ethic, your character, your values. And I know if I take all of that and put that into my own company, yep. I'm going to succeed. One thousand <laughs> percent. Yeah. And that, that's, I, you know, I, I feel the same way. I feel I get really fired up. about that. 
Yeah, I, no, I, feel, I feel the exact same way. It was like I, you know, working in, in I, again, very blessed and, 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 and proud to, to, for my career journey. Um, but there was a time when, you know, I, I, I felt like I can create my, my own culture within my own team, my own company. And I wanted it to reflect who I am internally as opposed to this outside energy, this like dog eat dog type of world. Um, and, and that's what we built here with, with Hubwave. You know, it's, it's, it's a family, um, every, all, everyone creates, everyone, it's, this isn't a, a dictatorship. I'm not like, it's gonna be this way or you're out of here. You know, it's, it's, I hear them out, they hear me out, let's collaborate. And jobs are really, at the end of the day, we're all just little children that have grown into adults and we get to go play. And then hopefully that makes us money to survive. And so it's important to create an environment. It's the people that get too greedy and too stressed out and it becomes this machine that we forget why we did it in the first yes, place. Yes. The passion, the dreams, the love of, of why you created what you created, you know? And I try to never lose sight of that. Like nothing's ever too serious, you know? It's right. like, why do we... We don't have to be upset at each other if an email fell through the cracks or there was a deadline or it's like, okay, we learn from the mistake yeah, and we try not to repeat it, but let's be kind to one another. Let's be good to each other. Let's like all make sure we have a good day. You yeah. Know? You know, one of what, some, <laughs> some of the best advice I've ever received um, in, in the industry was from Tito. Yes. Tito's top That's four shocking. or four, you know, you know, brother, you know, Tito, Tito was, is, is a radio, you know, radio legend. You know, I, I grew up listening to Tito, uh, or try to understand, understand what he was saying, um, Tito. Um, and I was, when I was working there, I think he, there was a time when I was probably, you know, in my, in my head or something. And then he just like grabbed me by the shoulder and he said, Mondo, just have fun, brother. Just have fun. And I was like, whoa, he's right. Like, just have fun with it. it yeah. we, you know, this isn't um, brain surgery. This is, you know, we're not, nothing. We make nothing's, life so much harder than it needs to be. 1,000%. Yeah. And he said, just have fun. And that stuck, you know, to me, my, has my entire life since then. Um, and I feel you'll be more successful if you have fun. If you remember that passion because you want to show up to your workplace or any job you do with that spark, that thing that makes you want to jump out of bed and be like, I can't wait to work with the people I work with to do what I love. Yeah. But when you start stressing yourself out about this and that and the money and it, it, it loses, it's, you know, like, again, it's like a relationship. Yeah. It's like in the beginning, you're all in love. And the next thing you know, when you start talking about the bills and who has to do what chore, you take the romance out of it. It, it, it takes, it takes a lot out of you. And then, you know, it, it affects your mental health. Um, I know you're, you're big on mental health Huge. and, and, <laughs> and, and, and therapy. Um, I was, I was always an advocate of, of mental health and, and removing the stigma and, and, and for therapy, mental health therapy. Um, however, I didn't do therapy, didn't start until the pandemic. Um, I don't know why that is. I think I was, you know, like you said, working on adrenaline and just go, go, go. And, um, you know, making myself 
too busy or whatever the case, but I never did therapy until 2020 around March, April. Um, and it was a life changer, a life changer, Liz. So before I go into that, why is, 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 why is the importance of mental health so, so, so vital for you? Uh, and, and why do you, why are you such a, a big advocate of, of, of therapy? I mean, for obvious reasons, you know, that was what a big part of what Alzheimer's is, a deterioration of the brain. And, you know, I believe there's a huge component of that or, or a huge component of the onset of that is anxiety and stress. And, uh, I mean, uh, there's a lot of things like I, I'm not a doctor here, but I, I think it's not wanting to deal with reality is just one of the components. And even going through that with my mother caused me so much stress. I lost 10 pounds. My hair was falling out. Um, and it's, again, I've learned from a good friend who's a mentor and he's been my therapist, um, David Kessler. And he yeah. said, anxiety is simply the movie that we create in our head of, oh my God, worst case scenario. This pandemic is going to kill me. I've lost my job. I'm going to have nowhere to live in a year. Da, da, da. I mean, you, you just create the scenario and let it loop in your head until it becomes your reality. And so, you know, same thing. That's what I was doing when I, my mother was ill. It was like, my mother's going to die. There's going to be no one here on this planet who loves me as much as she does. I'm going to be a mess. I'm not going to be able to get out of bed ever again. And, you know, you just create these scenarios because you don't know what the future holds. And what I learned through all of that is, and even with Wordiful, is these, just the importance of self-talk of how much of our mental health has to do with our internal dialogue and that inner critic of what is the first thing you say to yourself when you wake up? What are your practices? You know, it's like we can wake up and think like, okay, I'm still going through this, whether it's a breakup, whether it's a job loss, whether it's I hate my boss, whether it's like already you start, put you put the record on. And I, about 10 years ago, I started gratitude journaling where every morning, my first thing in the morning is I have my coffee and I write, I first, I say, thank you. When I wake up, I open my eyes and I say, thank you. Talk to my mom. And then I go in the kitchen and I have my coffee and I write three things I'm grateful for. And I really feel like that's helped rewire my brain and why I'm such a huge advocate of affirmations. It's like anything. It's the way if we want to get in shape, we go to the gym, right? Mm -hmm. to, to keep our body healthy and strong. It's if we want to feel the nutritional benefits of certain foods, we eat vegetables and fruit and, and we take those steps and to be disciplined. Well, the mind is so stimulated by what we hear on the, on the radio, what we watch on television, especially what we see in our phones, yeah. the conversations we're having. And if you don't learn to control the mind, the mind is going to control you. And so we have so much power. When I say we, that, that internal compass, the soul, mm -hmm. we have so much power, but we let the mind run the game. And our mind can be our biggest ally because the mind will do whatever we tell it to, yeah. to some extent, but we have to train it. If not, it's like a dog off a leash. It's just going to run wild. And so... That's why I advocate for, for affirmations, for people to write them, to read them, to put them in your home. Uh, and 
for me, mental health has become such a forefront of what I do with my own company because I see it mostly in my community is we don't have the resources. A lot of people don't have the luxury of going to therapy. It was taboo to even talk about it. Yeah. You know? And so I want to see the people that I care about happy and excelling and knowing that it's going to be okay and knowing that there's more out there and that a lot of the anguish that they are creating is all, it's all here. Why do you think that's, that's such a, a stigma, especially in um, black and brown communities? Um, you know, I always, <laughs> I always say if, if I was to, to tell my, my dad to do therapy, he'd be like, Yo no estoy loco. No, 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 no necesito eso. You know, and, and I feel like for a long time, even growing up, I, you know, if, if I heard therapy or mental health, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not crazy. Why would I, why do I need that? You know, and, and that's such a, um, I guess ignorance, you know, ignorance in sometimes people aren't aware of, of how much it can help. There's a shame that comes with it of like, oh, you're seeing a therapist. What's wrong with you? <laughs> and the thing is, like, I don't ever want to downplay like there's issues with mental health that are chemical imbalance. And that's something like I don't even speak on because I don't know anything about. Right. right. But when it comes to simple, not, not simple, but the complexity of anxiety or just nervousness that we feel or just the stress. I mean, that's what they say. Stress kills because yes. it creates a physiological response in our bodies. And what therapy is, and it's so funny, my dad, 75, just started going to therapy four years ago. Wow. And, you know, you couldn't have told him like, what? But now he <laughs> loves it because he gets to talk and someone asking him thoughtful questions. And, and, you know, I think for people to understand therapy is simply someone helping you find the answers. They're not giving you the answers. Right. They're asking you the right, the, they're, they're trained to ask you the right questions that help you find your way home, right. that help you find the resolution. And I think that's so beautiful because it's just clarity. Because a lot of times we think we know we're like in our head and we're like, oh yeah, but if I do this and then again, we get super distracted and listen, at the end of the day, I do believe we have all the answers, whether you get there through meditation, whether you get there through therapy, ultimately no one can tell you how to live and run your life or what is best for you. Nobody's downloaded your life. You've lived every single moment of your life, but there are tools to help you get there faster. Therapy being one of them. Yeah, yeah. Therapy, mindfulness is another. Um, I love, I love meditation. I don't know how. I don't think I'd still be standing without meditation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's your built-in therapist. Is these things that I had? I, I wasn't, you know. Again, I was always all about it, but I wasn't, I wasn't in it myself. And now that I am, um, you know, I'm, I'm as, as big of, of an advocate as I've ever been. And, and it just goes hand in hand with, with who I want to be as a person. Um, I want to, it's all, my life is all about self-improvement. Um, you know, I want to be better at everything that I do. Um, but I can't fill anyone else's cup or bucket if I'm on empty. Right. right. So this has just been a, a, a such a growing experience and a, and a, such a beautiful journey for me. Um, because there are, there were things that I wasn't even aware of. Like, you know, again, my entire life just been, you know, I'm a, I'm a very optimistic person, but when when the pandemic uh, hit, March we closed down, April, May I was going through it um, because there was a lot of hidden things that 
I didn't, I didn't even know were there. You know, things that were stressing me out. Like you said, I remember thinking years back, people taking, you know, medicine because of stress. And I'm like, why would anyone stress out? That makes no sense to me, right? Um, and it, it's, it's something that, that, that happens in, in life. Um, and just having that, that door that you can open and, and, and just kind of like air it out, you know, uh, air, air out your, your space, your room. Um, it's, uh, it's such a, such a beautiful, beautiful experience. I think that's the metaphor of 2020 is clarity. You know, it's, it's 20, 2020, 2020 is clear vision, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that all of us have had to look inward and we've really had to say, how am I operating in the world? As far as like what I say is important, how I treat other people, the essentials in life and how I'm contributing to the planet, like everything. And also, what is my own relationship with myself? How do I treat myself? What's the conversations I'm having with myself? It's kind of like, you know, they say the happiest you, people that are in great situations, they act lovingly because they have everything going for them. But when all of that is taken away, then how do they act? Mm -hmm. And that is what is happening right now. We're being forced to look at who am I as a person? How do I operate under stress? How giving am I? How loving am I? How cooperative am I? And I think that's been tough for a lot of people mm -hmm. because we're, we get so busy moving that we never have that internal examination of who am I truly? And that's kind of scary. It's scary to be alone with your thoughts. And and to have to examine um, old wounds, and you know, yeah. it's, it's a lot. It's all, this is all about healing. We're not just healing from COVID nineteen. We're healing on a soul level. Yeah, for sure. I, I always, <laughs> I always uh, say now, I live for awkward conversations. <laughs> and aren't those the best? <laughs> <laughs> and awkward moments sometimes because that's where the growing happens. One hundred percent. You know where you're like. Like some people are anti-confrontation and, and I'm kind of for it. We'd rather end a conversation than say to the person, do you feel awkward too? And did I understand this right? Like when you asked this, I had no good response, but hopefully you feel just as like it's we're just humans. Yeah. And like, I think we underestimate how similar we are Yeah. and that we're sure. both feeling the same thing. 1,000%. 1,000. And, and that to me, Liz, is, is so important because as a, as a Latino male, I don't see a lot of that being talked about, shared upon, especially on social media. So, you know, throughout my journey, you know, and, and throughout this year, I've been very vocal about it, you know, and, and I think it's important. It's important for, for people like myself and, and yourself Absolutely. To, to have these type of conversations. That's amazing. And I'm glad you're doing that because here's the thing. When we don't talk about what's bothering us, when we don't talk about the sadness, the hurt, the anger, it will manifest in another way. It manifests in road rage. It manifests in an argument with a friend, with a parent, with family members. It manifests in beating ourselves up. We're so, I'm so stupid. How could I, you know, we're so hard on ourselves. And so, you know, like, again, my good friend, David Kessler, he always says like, punch a pillow, get that energy because energy doesn't die. It just transforms. Right. So if it doesn't come out one way, it's going to come out another way. And that's why it's so important for us to not brush our feelings, feel your feels, like really 
And I know that's hard, especially in the Latino and even black culture, you know, because yeah. we weren't taught that. Yeah. When we say Verizon te da más, we mean it. La red más premiada ahora incluye Disney Plus, Hulu e ESPN Plus. Todos pueden tener lo que quieren sin pagar de más. Y todo desde 35 dólares por línea. The network more people rely on te da más. Cámbiate a Verizon. Yeah. Um, you talk about energy. Uh, uh, advice that I always um, share with someone who uh, wants to be in front of, uh, of a camera or, or microphone or just an audience. Um, I say, you know, you have built this built up energy in you that sometimes is nervousness, right? But you have to tell yourself that energy isn't that I'm nervous. It's that I'm excited. Absolutely. So Adrenaline. Yeah. So you have to tra- kind of tra- transition that energy and, and, you know, maybe even trick yourself into thinking, but that energy has to come out somehow. Yep. So instead of like coming out like, ah, I don't know, <laughs> like have it come out with how you're um, projecting, yourself. Yeah. you uh-huh. know, projecting or how you're using your hands in a different way or, you know, but let it out. So, yeah, energy is it transforms in different ways. And Absolutely. that's how you how you how you think about it. So um, I'll end this, t- this 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 part of the convo with with this. For someone who has been thinking about it, maybe not even thinking about it, what are what are baby steps that one can do to to go and 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 visit, you know, uh, their mental health, uh, mental health therapy? What are like baby steps you would say? I would say first focus on your breath. Anytime you feel anxious, like just focus on your breath. Like sit down and just feel your breath coming in and focus on it going back out. And do that for like five minutes. And it's so calming. Even if you have to hear it, even if you have to go like, sorry, my nose is a little plugged. <laughs> and let do it we out. Have, do we have some tissue? <laughs> no, I'm okay. I'm okay. But it's it's like really listening to that that air come in and like being delivered, like, yeah. like hearing it come out. Because then you're focused again. You're on the breath, not on the thoughts. And then later on, maybe you can download an app to be, you know, I created a membership actually for the Wordful community because yes. events stopped. And that's, everything is included in that. It's audio affirmations, it's meditations, it's gratitude journaling guide. It's everything that I hope will strengthen all of us to be a little bit stronger mentally because that's where it all starts. It's whatever the brain says is how we feel and then how we feel is how we behave. Uh, But another one to go back to, gratitude journaling is, I know people hear it all the time, but I'm telling you, it is one of the most valuable tools. And it's so simple. Like, just get yourself a journal and a pen and write down three things that you are grateful for every day. It is scientifically proven to rewire your brain to make you more optimistic. Yeah. Uh, and affirmations, you know, like I said, we wake up sometimes and we're just so hard on ourselves. We say, I... You know, we go online and then we say, I'm not him. I'm not her. She's so beautiful. He's got it all together. I'm this, I'm that. I'm not worthy. I'm not, who's going to love me? I don't want to be in a relationship. Whatever that conversation is that you're having with yourself. It's like, try being kind to yourself. So that's why I created affirmations that I am lovable. I am valuable. That my body is healing on its own. It was designed to do that that I am capable, that I'm excited about life, that I'm able to do any job I set my mind to. And if you start saying these affirmations again and again and again, it becomes like that song that you hear on the radio. (laughs) And you're like, why am I singing this song? Because I've wired my brain. The brain learns from repetition. 
Yeah. And so again, when we think my life is out of control, I've ha- I have no control. Yes, you do. But you have to be conscious about that control and you have to start creating extra. And it's all discipline. And I think that's the thing that people, we shy away from that because we're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Mm. But you're making a small sacrifice for a long-term long-term happiness is, is the way I'll say it. You know, it's, um, it, it won't always be discipline. It will just become part of your lifestyle. Like when I first started gratitude journaling, it felt like a discipline to sit down every morning. Now I can't imagine sitting down and not doing it. Wow. Cause it's become a ritual. It's become part of my life. It's the same way. Like you can't imagine starting your morning without coffee. Mm. It's not something like I have to go do it or I've disciplined myself to do this. It's like, no, it's something I enjoy and it adds value to my life. Yeah. You, you talked about uh, social media, comparing yourself, which I think is the worst thing we can do as, as human beings is compare ourselves to, to another person. Um, social media tends to, to do that. Um, does that ever, still knowing that, does that ever get to you? Of course. I think we all have our moments where you know, and social media, like, yeah, yeah. I I mean, of course, of course, you know, but I think that I've become so aware to when I start to feel like when I go down the rabbit hole and I start to compare, I've, I'm like, okay, that's enough. Like put your phone away. It's distracting from what you want to do. And I try to look for cooperation more than, more than competition or, you know, it's like, if I think someone's doing something really cool, instead of being like, oh, I wish I would have thought of that. I'm like, how can I collaborate with them? How can I learn about this person? Because I want to get better and I want to grow and I want to, that's exciting to me. So that's like where I've learned to switch my brain, but just like the girl in me, you know, where it's like, you see these like Instagram models or you see like, and you're like, oh man, like she makes it look so, but I remember that Instagram, as my good friend David Kessler would say, they're staged photos and you don't know what's going on in that person's life and they don't know what's going on in my life. And we just give it too much value and too much importance when it's not real. Mm. At the end of the day, you have to realize that everything is what David calls a false photo. There's some staging that goes into every single, no matter how real it looks, it's staged you still have to push send and upload. <laughs> like, you know what's going up there. So I just don't give it that importance that I used to give it when it first came out. And, you know, it's so interesting because now you can set your phone to a timer to see how long you've been on Instagram. Yeah. And I've been lately, I've been having this conversation with myself a lot. I'm like, okay, really? Three hours? Do you know what you could have done in three hours? You could have baked a cake. You could have went running. You could have like, there's so many things that I could have done and it's not like I'm trying to add this pressure of like, I need to do more, mm-hmm. but I w- like work smarter, not harder. Right. Right. It's like, how can I be val use my time to be, to give it more value? Because this isn't, this isn't valuable. How about- and I, I love being connected. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. There is value there, but of course I don't need to be on it for three hours. Yeah. That, that's what I was, I was going to get into is, is, is the value of it. The, the, the positive of, of, of social media now. Um, you know, during the pandemic, we have had uh, to connect in different ways, whether that's, you know, on, on FaceTime or on Zoom um, and on, on, on social media networks. 
what's what's the positive? What what's the 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 positive outlook that that you gain from connection, from community? Like that's the thing I love about it. Like I love being able to talk directly with people through DM and especially the Wordiful community. I mean, that's where my business thrives. If there was no internet, you know, it, it wouldn't exist. You're right. So I love that element of it. And I love seeing what people are doing and what they're up to and that connection with my friends and my family. I mean, I think it can be really beautiful. And a friend once told me, use the internet. Don't let the internet use you. Wow. And I always try to remember that. So again, it's like taking those hours and saying, how could I thoughtfully spend, if I'm going to spend three hours on social media, let me make sure it's, I'm connecting and communicating with the right people that I feel like I could uplift or, um, what is the messages I'm putting out on Wordiful that can, uh, spark an idea or change or change somebody's day as opposed to just going down the rabbit hole and kind of doing mindless social media. Yeah, for sure. So Liz, lastly, before we go into, uh, our last, uh, part of our, our, our podcast here today, what's, what's next for you? Oh man, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been working on a book and so it's just a weird time, obviously with the pandemic, we were kind of lined up to release it at the beginning of 2021, but now it's just, you know, I would love to do a tour with the book. Like that's the whole, I think, excitement of giving birth to a book is then going and being able to read it and share it and talk about what went into it. Uh, and maybe there's a way to do that, you know, uh, I don't want to do it via Zoom. Like yeah. that's the selfishness in me. Like I yeah. worked so hard on it. So, so yes. Yeah, so a book, um, I'm really excited about the wordiful membership. Again, this is a place where the community comes together. Like we have a private Facebook group and they're all in there and they're all giving each other advice and links and, you know, listen to this podcast or read this article and, uh, everything in there from, uh, we did an exclusive podcast. I had so much pressure for so many years. Like people are like, you need to do a podcast. I'm like, I don't have anything to say yet. And I finally feel like I have something to say. It's, it's similar to Mondo and friends where I invite all my mentors to talk about what they've taught me. Uh, and so it's, it's just giving that resource and continue to build that resource for people that again, have looked at therapy as taboo or maybe can't afford therapy. Um, or just need the tools to, you know, make this ride a little bit easier Yeah. when I say ride life. <laughs> and uh, I'm working on children's affirmation cards. They're pretty much done. They're just now having to go through the printing process. Um, a few other projects I don't want to speak on yet. I'm one of those people that I'm like, I got to wait till it's completely done. <laughs> um, but I've been approached about some unscripted television. So Amazing. that could be in the works. But yeah, a lot of growth. So, and just continuing to storytell through Wordiful, like, you know, prior to this pandemic, my, my goal was to bring on guests that really had something to say, whether it was politicians, teachers, you know, actors, singers, and I really started to see that grow and then everything got shut down. So I was yeah. super bummed, but, um, yeah, that's something I'm looking forward to getting started. Hopefully once things become safe again. Do you see yourself returning to like mainstream television or a network or anything like that? Or is that sort of um, something that that is is just part of your, your, your journey now? I'm pretty firm in believing you should never say never. <laughs> so I'll never say never. I don't ever see myself going back into entertainment news. Um, that's, I've hung my hat up on that one. 
Unless there was like a specialty show, like, I don't know, like it was like a one-off, you know, where someone's like, can you come do this because you have a background in this? And sure, like I would be open to that. Um, But again, you just never know what that opportunity is going to be and what it's just so hard to say You because you just never know. And I go with what feels right for me. Yeah, I'm laughing because as we're recording this today... Um, a week or two from now, you can like, oh, I, I'm announcing a new show, guys. <laughs> I'm back on network television. No, it's like, yeah. That's how these things happen, by the way. Right. Um, but, you know, no, you're right. Never say never. Um, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm on the same boat as you. You know, it, this is, is it's about um, it's about what fuels us now. Exactly. It's, you're having I'm very selective in who I work with, what I do, what I say yes to. Because at the end of the day, I've done the hustle and bustle. Yeah. I've done the showing up at 3 a.m. I've done the being on a red carpet all night till midnight till your feet hurt. Like, to yes. me, that's oh not fun. I don't enjoy that. What I enjoy is when we get together and we get to have live events or we get to film mortifuls. And it's like I'm working with my friends. Like yes. That was something I literally wrote down. Again, like why I believe in the vision boards and the affirmations and the gratitude journaling. I wrote that down as like a firm affirmation for my career. Like one day I want to be in a creative space, in a studio where I can make cool stuff with my friends. And, and get that paid is, for it. What? And get paid and for get it. And get paid for yes, it. Yes, yes, That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, uh, thank you for sharing everything, Liz. Thank you, Mondo. I'm, um, I'm really like, you make it so easy to say yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I... You know, um, you talk about your your mother. My grandmother had Alzheimer's. Um, I'm sorry. And and uh, you know, I went through that journey with with her and and, and my mom, um, who obviously you know was tough for her. And um, just you know, your your journey. There's so much that that I've learned today about you um, that it is is goes parallel to to a lot of our, our journeys. Um, and and that's what this is about. Like it's we all feel like we go through it alone or, oh, this is just sure. what I've got. Why is my story like this? Why did I have to, you know, you talk about like the, the long days of where your legs hurt and I've been in that. You know, I remember one night vividly, I drove home and then I, I couldn't even like get out of my car. I was just, I had to take a nap in my car before walking into my apartment. And then as I got out of my car, I was like dragging my legs and my feet it was tough. Like there, there have been days like that. And, yeah. you know, it's a blessing now to be in, in this position that, that we're in um, to now, you know, pick and choose what, what we want to do. Absolutely. And, you know, ultimately, like what I believe in most is that life is happening for me, not to me. Yeah. And so everything is like a, like imagine it like a GPS, right? So from birth, you put in the direction of like where you want to go, like, that was your destination. Like, this is my fate destination. <laughs> and every time I take a wrong turn, yeah. whether that's me doing something mean to somebody, wrong to somebody, whatever, karma corrects me. And it's like, oh, nope. Okay, you were supposed to go. You were you were going straight. You were doing good when you were being kind, <laughs> giving, and loving. And then you, you made a little turn right here and you're going to have to go around the street again until you learn that this isn't the street you're supposed to be on. Yeah. And you get back on your path. And I feel like that's when I say life is happening for me, not to me. Even if I mess up, life is still trying to reroute me. It wants to show me the lesson, but it's going to put me back on my path. And it's only made me a better person because now it's like, okay, I know not to go that way. I've learned something along the way and I get to take that with me back on, on, on the straight and narrow. 
And that's me. That's that's what I believe in. Say that again. Life is happening. Life is happening for me, not to me. For me, not to so me. So when you lose that job and you're like, why is this happening to me? Like I'm in a we're in a pandemic. That there is something valuable there that it is teaching you. There is something to be gained from that, and it will help you somewhere later down the line. Because every job that I've walked away from, or that I lost, or I was fired from, I thought it was the end of my world, and I thought nothing better was ever like what can possibly. Re- something better always comes along. And yeah. It's the same with relationships. It's the same with friendships. It's the same. It's like life is always happening for you. It's never giving you something worse. And in, I, at least I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that I, is, I, hasn't benefited your growth, you know? I agree with you. And and I, I think that you also have to be, you know, optimistic. And in, 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 in when it comes to, a, you know, a, a, a door closing, you know, in a career wise, you got to just believe in yourself. You know, it's believe in, believe in yourself, have faith. Perspective um, is everything. Perspective. Perspective. It's it, like I said, you can look at it as like this door was shut on me. Damn it. Or this door was shut on me. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I shared with a friend of mine, actually, my, my buddy Ori, who's in here today. Um, yesterday, we were talking on the phone and um, we we're talking about perspective and, and how our perspective, our, our life um, like I, t- I told him perspective pays, you know, because, you know, there's companies and brands, um, that now it's, it's important for us to, to share our, our lives and journey, whatever, whatever we want to, of course, of course, whatever we feel comfortable with sharing. Um, I, you know, I told him, uh, people aren't hiring me because I'm a host or, you know, I've done radio and television or I have media experience. I said, they're hiring me because of my perspective of my story, of where I came from, Southgate, California. Um, I love to give back. Uh, this is the type of music. This is, this is the, the type of, of, of shoes that I, I enjoy. And ev- everything, that's what they are. How you, the world through your eyes. Through my eyes. Correct. So it's never hide your story, you know? Um, I love that. See, this is why I love Mortiful, because you just took perspective in a whole different way. Yeah. You're like, I, companies work with me because of my perspective and my, the power of my story. And I'm thinking like perspective in the sense of I was diagnosed earlier or the earlier this year with not earlier this year. Cause God, we're at the end of the year. I know. I at know. the end of the year. How is it December? <laughs> Last month with uh, hearing loss and my perspective could have been, Oh my God, this is happening to me. Instead. I said, I'm so grateful that it's not my vision. That's a flip in perspective. Where you're saying a flipping perspective is my perspective on the world. Yes. Which is, it's somewhat similar, but it's also different, you know? Yeah, 1,000%. I love the power words. <laughs> there it is. The next word on Wordiful, perspective. Perspective. <laughs> Brought to you by Mondo <laughs> and Friends. Brought to you by Mondo Friends. <laughs> All right, Liz. So now we are going into rapid fire with Liz Hernandez. Ooh. I hope okay. you're ready for this. I'm nervous. Um, you can answer as fast as uh, you can. And if you want to, you know, go a little deeper into why you're uh, choosing these answers, you can. Okay. Okay. So don't feel like you have to just answer back to back to back. This is a big one. Okay. I'm ready. Green or red salsa. Say that again. (laughs) Green Uh or red salsa. It's kind of like a trick question because it depends on the food. Oh, man. 
I would say typically red, but man, there's some bomb green chili out there too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that's the thing. I'm very about adding zest to where it needs to go. So, I mean, that to me is like, it just depends on the food. I would say... Because if I'm eating chilaquiles, I want green sauce. Yeah. But like carne asada, I want red sauce. See, I got to do green salsa because I have heartburn with red salsa now, you know? Tomatoes. So I, I got to ease up on the red. Tomatoes, yeah. I can't even eat hot Cheetos like after 8 p.m., you know? Shouldn't eat hot Cheetos anyway. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. And I was trying to think, my friend Leslie makes this killer, like probably the best salsa I've ever had in my life. And I can't like really distinguish what color it is. Huh. It's almost like a red and a green. So I don't know. That's interesting. That's a hard one for me. Yeah. You, yeah. you stumped me. <laughs> By the way, my dad tells me to not eat hot Cheetos. He gets mad at if he ever if he ever, he ever sees a bag of hot Cheetos in, in their household. Para que estás comiendo eso? Es puro plástico. It's like, dad, chill. <laughs> you get so upset. All right, here we go. I love hot Cheetos though. Uh, best ranchera ever made. What song takes that throne for you? Mm. I mean, just because it's fresh in my mind. Like, I love when Selena sings Tu Solo Tu. Oh, I yes. love, love, love that song. Um, but I mean, I grew up on Vicente, so it's like anything Vicente, I don't know. And you got to see him perform many times. Yeah. I mean, did I ever tell you the time big boy took us to his ranch? We no, went to, we, we went to his ranch. He gave us a tour of his property and took us to dinner. Wow. Yeah. I did that with my parents. It was pretty special. Oh Again, my. cause I was saying like big boy and I, we weren't just radio. We were, we take vacation. So my family and his family, we all went to Puerto Vallarta. And then from Puerto Vallarta, big chartered a plane. And we went to Guadalajara. Wow. And we went to his ranch. And it was like, eh, just hanging with Vicente, you know? <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> yeah, his pool shaped like a guitar. No big deal. Yeah. Wow. Um, Vicente is actually the reason why my dad kind of like, you know, okayed my my decision to to go into radio and, and, and media. Yeah. Um, at, you know, for a long time, it was like, yeah, mijo, ya deja eso, you know, leave that. Don't, 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 it's long hours. It's crazy hours. Just, just let it go. Yeah. And, um, it, it was, it was big. It was big. I, I got tickets to, to, um, to, uh, Chente's concert. I, I got the front row seats, but big is who got me backstage Man. to meet Chente. And I love that big boy was the plug for Chente. Like, yeah. like that's what's so, I mean, really it was, D, it started with DJ Ray, but it was real, you know, it was big boy. Like it was, yeah, it, that was wild. And shout out to DJ Ray. Cause he yeah. really hooked that up. Yeah, like, how yeah, good dude. Like it's, you can be anywhere and you hear Volver Volver or you hear El Rey or you hear Acantaranos and you're like, you're stopping. You're like, there's either a family barbecue going on. <laughs> like there's some good food close by. Like what is happening? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. So, so we went, we went backstage and that's when my dad was like, well, first of all, I've never seen my dad so nervous. And we went backstage and my dad was like, okay, mijo, está bien. Keep doing your thing. And I'm like, it, it took Chente for you to, for you to say Yo, okay. Let me, let me tell you, that was a landmark in my career. The fact that I could invite my parents to Power 106, a hip hop radio station for them to meet their legend. Yes. Like, like I said, for me, my biggest thing in life was making my parents proud. Yep. You can't tell me I'm not their favorite child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. 
1,000%, yes. Uh, okay, so we have uh, favorite, favorite Latinx food dish. Favorite Latinx food dish. What are my options here? Like, it's, what's- it's an ar- array of, of options, really. It could be from Mexican food, Dominican food, Puerto Rican. It could be okay, Guatemalan. Okay, okay, let me think, let me think. Oh, that's so hard. I see, I'm a sucker for just carne asada tacos. Like, to me, that is like, if I go to Mexico, that's straight where I'm going. Like, I want real authentic carne asada. Like, yeah. I love it. But my mom used to also make spinach enchiladas and... Ooh, yes. But I would take like street tacos. Street tacos. I love street tacos. Can never go wrong with street tacos. No, man. Street tacos is where it's at. Lakers or Dodgers? Lakers. Can I t- listen? I love the Dodgers too. But it's so funny. Like I grew up a Dodger fan. Like when I was a kid, me and my, my dad used to take me to Dodger games. I've had such an intricate relationship with the Dodgers. My dad used to take me to the Dodger games and I knew everybody. I knew like Shelby in the outfield, Steve Sachs, Steve Garvey. Like I knew everybody. I mean, one of my first posters like on the back of my wall was like in my bedroom was was a Dodger or Hershiser. Like, (laughs) oh my God. And like just knew everything. I was such a tomboy growing up, you know? Kurt Gibson, like you, you name it, I knew them. Like I was like that strange little girl that like, why does she know all the baseball players? <laughs> um, but because my dad, my family, like my dad's brothers, they loved, loved the Dodgers. And then I lived in Riverside. And once I got my permit to drive, my mom was like, you're not driving to Dodger Stadium. Like you go right here and watch the Angels. <laughs> and so I started going to Angel games and I grew an affinity. I grew a love for them. And I just loved baseball. So it's so interesting to me, like, of course, when the Dodgers play the Angels, like by nature, because my mom loved the Angels, too, I root for them. Yeah, yeah. But I was so happy when the Dodgers won the World Series. Like, that's still my team. That's still my heart, because my my dad and I, like, those are childhood memories for me. Biggest celebrity crush as a kid. As a kid. Growing up, teenage crush. Who was that? Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. (laughs) (laughs) Legends of the Fall. What? Best rapper of all time. Oh, God, that's so hard. I mean, I'm just going to go with Andre 3000. I love him. I, Andre 3000 is, is definitely my, my top 10 for sure. How about best singer of all time? Best singer of all time? Best singer of all time. I'm just going to give it to my girl, Mariah Carey. <laughs> That's hard. I mean, there's so many amazing, amazing singers, but I grew up to Mariah Carey, so I love everything she does. What nickname (laughs) do you have that no one really knows about? (laughs) Uh, I have a few. I have two that stand. I don't even know if I want to say this because then people might call call me. So when I was little, I have three older sisters and my oldest sister used to call me Turkey. And my mom told her she had to stop calling me that because when I got into preschool, they asked me my name and I said, Turkey. (laughs) So that stopped. But I grew up lizard was that my family still calls me that till this day. Lizard. Lizard. Well, lizard. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for coming in today. Thank You You know, when they sent me because I didn't go home for Thanksgiving, obviously, because we're in a pandemic. When they sent my leftovers on all the foils, lizard. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's amazing yeah liz thank you so so much for coming in today thank you I, I got so much love and so much respect for you it, it, the feeling is mutual here in this room and um you're welcome here at, at hub wave and mondo and friends anytime thank you for having me i'm so proud of you you've really like i said since i've known you from day one like when i think of real hustlers you're at the top of that list Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Liz Hernandez, I'm Mondo Fresco, and thank you so much for watching Mondo and Friends presented by Verizon.